Hey everyone, welcome back to Bucketheads Land Grant Holy Lands College Basketball Podcast. My name is Connor Lamans, and I'm here with Justin Golba for episode 51 as we get closer and closer to actual real-life basketball being played here in a few days. With that said, real-life basketball was played on Tuesday night, actually, um, although it was against a D2 opponent as Ohio State took on Chaminade at the Schottenstein Center, beating them 101-57. to Justin, I'm sure that you went out and bought BT, your BTN account, your BTN Plus subscription last night to watch this. So what, what did you think of the Buckeyes? Yeah, didn't watch a minute. Uh, didn't <laughs> consume one ounce of content of them. Haven't even really looked at Twitter videos, to be honest. Um, I saw the box score. He's like, beat- I'm glad, he's like, I'm glad that you just told me they won because I just this <laughs> yeah, is the first that I've heard. It's great to know they beat them. Good job. Um, yeah, I just I don't really care. I, I would have cared if like it was close, but it never was. It looks like they beat the hell out of them, which they should have. So cool. On to Robert Morris. <laughs> so Justin is a college basketball writer and podcaster focusing on the Ohio State Buckeyes, if you guys did not know that. (laughs) Um, I was there. I also live down the street, basically, from from Value City Arena, so... Yeah, if um, I did a solo, I would have watched it, but I got you, so that's why you're on this. It's a little more accessible for me. Um, I would say... I don't know what to say, honestly. There were just as many negatives to take away, I think, as positives. <laughs> and Chris Holtman's press conference was like, it was very negative for the you first You would have thought they lost with some of the stuff he said. Yeah. Did you listen? Did, did you listen I did, to the press I did. conference? I did listen to the press conference. For the first like 10 minutes, it was nothing but negative. And then eventually, um, I think it was Pat Murphy of, of, of Bucknuts was like, Chris, you said there were some so there were there were a lot of positive takeaway from this game. What were some of the positive things that you saw from the team? And Chris Holman, like his head kind of picked up, and he was like, "You're you're right, Patrick. You know, we're making it sound like we lost by thirty points tonight. I did see a lot of good things, but like he was he was very focused on the bad stuff, which uh, <laughs> rebounding. They only out rebounded Shamanad by one board in the first half. So was that? So I do have a question about that because. He made it seem like the rebounding was abysmal, and they did out-rebound them by, like, I think nine in general. Was Shamanon small, big? What kind of – where were were the issues there? They were small? Okay. They were small. Um, they ended up out-rebounding them by eight. Um, I have the box score up. I can give you – I believe it was eight. But a lot of that was because by the second half, it was like Ohio State was up by 30 points, 35 points, and Shamanon was, like, hoisting – a lot of threes and either they were airballing it or they were just hitting glass and no rim. Like they were missing some bad shots and then they weren't even like trying to get their own offensive rebounds. So like Ohio state got a lot of easy rebounds in the second half. Once the game was not competitive anymore. It's so crazy. I'm getting, I'm getting off topic, but I'll pull it back quick, but it's just crazy when you see like a D two team, like a Chaminade, these guys were still like incredibly good high school basketball players. I'm, my, my freshman year in high school, we won the Maryland State Championships. And most of our players that were on the team went D2. They're all very good. But then it's crazy. You put them up against like an Ohio State and, you know, they beat them by 50 in the airballing shots and it's not even close game. So it's just kind of funny the the separation of talent, I guess you'd say. Um, back to the actual Chaminade Ohio State game. Um, what were like, I guess in general, did you have any – I mean, it's look. It's an exhibition. I, I got. I can't be hypocritical here because when they struggled in the scrimmage, supposedly, obviously, we don't know because we didn't watch it. But it seemed like they might have struggled. Um, I said you can't take much away from a scrimmage. You can't take much away from an exhibition either, even though they won. I say you could probably take more away, but probably still not that much. Um, you know, I did love how Chris Holtman completely shot down the idea that Bowen Harbin might play any minutes. Yes, um, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> just completely was like, don't get attached to this kid okay i I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely i dug bowen hardman's grave in the press conference and holtman threw the body in there and covered you it asked dirt. it that was you yeah that was me i yeah. can't tell who asked questions when i'm listening to the press conferences that's funny yeah i asked that question so i dug the grave and then holtman threw in the body for me That's um 
I mean, he played well, so that was cool. But I and I, I think he was just and it's just tempering expectation. Um, I understand that. What was what do you think the starting five outside of suing? Obviously, do you think this will be the starting five that starts at Robert Morris, or do you think suing come off the bench? I've been a proponent of that. I think that if if he was, I think if he's totally healthy, Justice Suing will start on on Monday. Um, the problem, and, and I'm sure people have have seen this. The problem is not like a groin abdominal injury that he was dealing with for like two years. He sprained his ankle at practice a while yeah. back. And then I think he said it was in, I can't remember if he said it was in the Wake Forest um, scrimmage or if it was in another practice, he had come back to like live action and then mm-hmm. like re-sprained it. Did it again. So they said, to, they said at the exhibition that if this was the first game of the season, Justice probably would have played he didn't have like a boot on or like an ankle brace that I could see or anything. He was just like in sweatpants. Um, but That's other good. than that, yeah, I would say probably Bruce Thornton probably at, at one. The interesting one will be where Isaac likely plays because it was Bruce Thornton at the one, Sean McNeil at the two. Um, it was Bryce Sensabaugh at the three, likely at the four, and Zed Key at the five. And I think if Justice Suing plays, it's probably Suing at the three, Sensible at the four, Key at the five, and then likely off the bench. But it's just, you really don't know with that guy because he really could start at, at the one, the two, three, or four position. Yeah, it seemed like the, the main takeaways were, the three main takeaways I got from watching your tweets and, and kind of the box score was, Bruce Thornton made himself very valuable, even though he struggled scoring. He had 11 assists, didn't turn the ball over, stuff like that. Tanner Holden was a dude. And um, it seemed like Zed Key had a, had a little bit of a slow start, but picked it up a little bit. I don't know if you can comment on that. Zed Key had a pretty quiet 15 points. Um, I didn't realize he had 15 points till the game was over. Um, he had, I think the very first possession of the game was a Zed Key turnover where he got the ball out by the three-point line and he knows that he's bigger than everybody Shamanad had. So he like got the ball at the three-point line and backed this poor son of a bitch down from the three-point line all the way into the bo- into the paint, oh, <laughs> like six dribbles. Demoralizing for sure. Which is, yeah, absolutely awful for that kid. Feels <laughs> feels bad. Um, but he was so focused on backing this guy down that somebody else kind of just like hawked in and picked him off. He was not paying attention to anybody but the man that he wanted to kill. That's not um, great, but <laughs> so so I, the game started with a Zed Key turnover. Um, it's really it's really hard to judge a, a big who only took shots right below the basket against guys that he's bigger than all of them. That doesn't really show me much. So he had 15, but I didn't really. I, I think in the game article I might have mentioned his name like twice total. That's not he, he didn't do anything that oppressed me especially, but that that turnover will stick with me for a while. And Holden just looked good. I mean, just great. What, what was Tanner Holden? Tanner Holden looked like Tanner Holden was the dude that uh, we we taught. You talk about it. Thirty-seven in the playing game, kind of Tanner Holden. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that you talk about when you're like, all right, so who do you get the ball to? Last year, it was it was EJ and Malachi. What happens when the shot clock's at like five and everything that you've tried has just fizzled out? And it's like, okay, we got to pass the ball to somebody. And that guy's just got to go ISO and just make something happen. That was Tanner Holden. Um, nice. nice. He was finishing with the left. He was finishing with the right. He was finishing on both sides of the basket. He hit both of his threes. Um, Which is big because that's not what he's known for. So that's cool. Right. For the people listening that don't know, he averaged basically one three-point attempt per game yeah. last season. And I think he shot like 36%, which crude, crude math means he's hitting a three-pointer at Red State basically once every three games. And – he hit two last night on two tries. So he looked like a dude that uh, it's, it's, it's D2. So he's probably not going to drop 25 even on Robert Morris right away. But he looked like a guy that could probably come in and contribute like 10 to 15 points per game for Ohio State. Um, every time I see him do something live, I'm a little live. I'm a little more impressed. And my expectations kind of like go up a little bit each time I see him do something. I think he's going to be um, – He's, I think he's going to be a stud. He's also a real. He seems like a really uh, polite, well-spoken guy at the press conference. He seems like very, very grateful to be at Ohio State and to be playing for Ohio State 
he said in the press conference that having played for Wright State, he said every game that I've played before against a big team like Ohio State, I was always on the opposite side. Like we were always the plucky little like Horizon League team that yeah. went went to arenas to get beat up and leave. So he was like, it was really kind of cool to be like to to be the big team for a change. Do the bullying. Right, exactly. But he looked very good. Um, and it seems like the freshman of the game was Roddy Gale. See, Roddy was pretty quiet too. He's another guy that he had <clears> – <throat> they scored so much that it's kind of hard to keep up. But like at the end of the game, I was like, oh, man, he really like filled up the box score. I think he had like 14 points. He also hit a couple threes. He had a couple steals. Yeah, six um, or seven as well, which was nice to see efficiency. He's super, super athletic. He hit – he didn't force any shots. That was something different between him and Bryce Sensabaugh. I think Bryce Sensabaugh took like four shots in the first five minutes of the game and he missed all four. Um, I don't think Roddy Gale even took a shot for the first 10 or 11 minutes of the game and he still finished with 14. So he was more patient um, when there was an opportunity. He took it versus Bryce Sensabaugh looked a little jumpy like he was forcing it. So the team is deep. If you have Tanner Holden and Roddy Gale coming off the bench as your sixth and seventh guys, they're both dudes that look like they could average 10 points a game. Um, they're going to be, if they stay healthy, they're going to have a lot of guys that can contribute. And then Bowen Hardman, kind of, you mentioned he had 12 points as well, but it was all in the final 10 minutes of the game. Um, yeah. He just let that thing sang, huh? He, I, I think I tweeted it. It was like a joke. I was like, I, I think that the people have anointed the wrong player, the new Justin Arns. Like everybody was like, oh, Justin, Sean McNeil is just another Justin Arns. No, I, no. I think that Bowen Hardman is a better uh, – Better, better app, app description. Yeah, he was only shooting threes, and he was knocking them down. So I had to ask Holtman afterwards. That was my question was – I know, you know he said so many times throughout the preseason, like, hey, we have four freshmen – who are going to play a lot, but, but it's like, there's five, there's five freshmen yes. on the team, which I've always thought, like, I wonder how Bowen feels about this. Cause you know, he sees it, you know, he reads yeah. it and sees it on Twitter. Like this, like nobody's even hiding it. They're like, Bowen's not going to play. He's just not the same as these other freshmen. And then he scored 12. So I asked him and I said, you know, Hey, he hit, he had 12 points. If, if he can continue to do that, if he can continue to knock down shots, could Bowen Hardman, you know, create, some more opportunities for himself this season if he can do that for you. And I've never seen a coach so blatantly just say no. He just told and said no. Yeah, he said it was like a byproduct of the game. Yeah, because they were up by like 35 points or whatever. And, and I don't think it's an insult to Bowen. I think he's a good player. I think it just shows how deep they are. I mean, a guy like the, – the, I think if there's one takeaway I actually had was a guy like Kalen Etzler has been turning heads and stuff in the preseason and whatnot, and they – keep talking about how big how much bigger he is and how well he can shoot and he barely played you know he might not even be actually in the rotation so that did surprise me a little bit yeah it seemed like throughout the first half the only two that didn't really play were Bowen and and Kalen I don't know what he ended up playing but um, I'm sure he ended up playing some but it it was kind of interesting to see I thought he was kind of I don't want to say mainstay in the rotation but I definitely thought he was in it but it seems like he might not be so um that's another thing, and that and that he didn't play, and that's with suing and Gene Brown, who will be in the rotation, obviously not playing. So that's very interesting. Kalen Etzler played the fewest minutes of all the uh, non walk of all the scholarship players. He played the fewest minutes. Um, yeah, that's that's very. I mean, so I mean that tells me when suing and Brown come back, who like I said will be in the rotation, he won't be playing. So I don't know. We'll see. But that's. Yeah. I, I think, and again, I think this team's incredibly deep. I think they'll go ten, probably eleven deep early, probably cut it down to nine once they get you know into March, but February and March. But um, yeah, that that was that was very curious to me. I, I was surprised about that. Yeah, I was I was interested to see how much he would play and what kind of what role. And we don't have an answer for that because he really barely played. Um, it, it was a back and forth game in the first ten minutes too. It was pretty pretty ugly there is a i have to pull up the scoring like chart of the back and forth but i'm pretty sure at the beginning of the game there was a point where it was ohio state like 21 shamanad 20 i mean it was like neck and neck with a d2 team in the very beginning and there was a fan um there was a fan in like the fourth or fifth row sitting not far from me that like during a timeout he like he looks so frustrated he he's like he's like 
rubbing his forehead, like, you know, the stress oh, no. forehead lines, oh, and no. looking up at the scoreboard, and it's like, let me see how close it got. There was a point when it was, the closest it got was uh, 13 to 12 Ohio State, and then 21 18 Ohio State. Um, there's like this fans is like rubbing his forehead, looking at the scoreboard, like Jesus Christ, this is going to be a really long season. Holy cow. Um, the first 10 minutes were ugly. Ohio state sucked. They were like shooting like 30% through the first 10 minutes. And then they kind of clicked. So like Holtman said, if you listen to the, to the press conference, which we won't play the audio here, you can find that in the Spotify feed separately. Um, he was pretty pissed off about the rebounding, and part of that is just long rebounds from threes but part of its effort, like dudes that are like long rebounds and guys on defense, just not even like sprinting after the long rebounds, stuff like that. It like, it, it can't happen. Yeah. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, they, they, they won by 50. So, you know, they obviously did figure it out and um, it's, it's kind of crazy. They started that slow and they also, they still scored 102 points or 101, whatever the final score was. Um, I think people actually somehow just going through like just, you know, scrolling Twitter and, and kind of mindlessly, I actually think people might need to temper their expectations a little bit um, just because I see people like, oh, man, this team's good. Like, I do think this team is good. I also think this team could very well be three and three through the first six games, you know. So, like, a, it'll be very interesting to see kind of how how people's, I guess you'd say, mindset on the team goes up and down because it's going to be an up and down season. It just is. They're young. They're new. They're talented, but it's a tough schedule. Um, so that'll be, that'll be something. Cause I, I think people are really, I, people are very behind this team, which I like, you know, it's cool to see the support, obviously, even this early in the season, you know, it's only November 2nd as we're recording this, but um, I mean, there's going to be some bumps in the road. There's no doubt about it. I think this team may actually be an inverse of what Holtman's teams typically do, which is a lot of the times I agree. These, I agree. his teams, I think you know where I'm going with this. A lot of his teams yeah. will start the season something like 10 and 1, 11 and 1. They'll shoot up to like number 8 or 9 in the country, and everybody's like, oh man, like there's Ohio State again. They're, you know, they're going to be elite. And then in like January or February, they hit a bump where they lose like four or five games. They slide back down and they end up getting like somewhere between like a four and a seven seed in the tournament instead of a one or a two, which is what they're projected as after a hot November. I think this team is really young and they're <clears> going to be, it sounds funny because they're, they're kids, but like the freshmen, like Roddy Gale and Bruce Thornton and Bryce Sensabaugh, they're going to have the yips and they're going to be nervous. Like Bruce Thornton said, just playing in front of like, I don't know how many people were there at the, at the exhibition. I don't, I don't know if you saw it, but Adam Jardy described it as dozens and dozens. Yeah. I think I said tens. Yeah. There was not <laughs> many people there. And Bruce Thornton said, I was nervous. He's like, I said, I, he said, I was real nervous at first, just wearing the uniform and playing in the big arena with all the fans um, quote with all the fans, like, yeah, 20 of them, whatever. Um, but he said <laughs> that once he got on the floor and, and he was, he said, once he remembered that he had, his teammates and his friends behind him. He said, I wasn't nearly as nervous, but these dudes are going to be nervous. The younger players are going to be nervous and they're going to make mistakes early in the season just because they're learning and they're getting used to college basketball. But, but once you get to February and March, I think when you have like Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale and Bryce Sensabaugh playing meaningful minutes in February and March, I think by then the nerves will be long gone and they will be confident and they will be comfortable so I think that this will actually be a team that could start slow and then by like February start ripping off a lot of wins because those younger players will finally be comfortable and confident and really start to show their potential, if that makes sense. Like you no, that, makes, forget, that makes you can't forget that they're like 17, 18 years old. They're like they're sure. they're gonna be scared and nervous for the first few games probably with these big crowds. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And also I think while it is true that happens to Holtman, I don't really know that it's like – I think a lot of people use it as a diss on him. I think a lot of times it's just because they don't have the toughest non-conference schedule, so they win those games, and then they go into the toughest conference in basketball and lose some games. You know, it's, it's not really like kind of a galaxy brain take just to say they're playing tougher competition, so they're going to lose more games in January and February. Um, but we don't have to get down that rabbit hole. I, I think it's just – I do agree that, you know – I mean, they could very well lose three games in six days. 
you know, with the two games at the Maui Invitational, then they play Duke. So um, I also like, I also think they can win. I I think they could beat San Diego state if they put it together soon. You know, this team is just very, very unknown. And I think that's why a lot of people are tuning in early because they want to see what this team is, you know, because there's so many unknowns. I think, you know, we already talked about it. I'm not going to be able to watch the Robert Morris game. So I hope, you know, they play well. Uh, they, it's kind of insane to say this. They probably need to win the first. They probably have, the first three games are must wins because they're going to lose some games down the road. It's just inevitable. So you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, uh, and those are three teams you really need to beat. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what what they kind. Of, I'm really excited, honestly, just to even see how the rotation ships out. I wouldn't be surprised if through the first three games they roll out three different starting lineups. You know, just to see what they have for Maui invite because that's all they're playing for right now. It's, you're going to win your first three games. Just figure it out as you go to Maui and then go from there because then it's Duke, North Carolina, and then it's conference play. So like you don't really have much of a – after those three games, you pretty much are in the grinder every single night. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they'll win those first three games. You got Robert Morris, Charleston, Southern, East Illinois. I think they're all under Ken Palm's, like, 200 – they're not even, like, top 250 teams. So I think they'll win them. Um, yeah. It's not like – if anybody – please – don't, I don't. I don't need to hear. Oh, well, look what happened with Akron. Akron is leaps and bounds better than those three teams. Akron was a tournament team. I mean, like as Akron much as, almost beat. Akron as much almost as it beat UCLA because there was some, there was some behind the scenes stuff that went on there that I think Kent State got screwed. But we won't get into that. Um, but nevertheless, Akron was a tournament team. Justin's Justin's a huge fan of Zippy the kangaroo. People forget this. Um, I don't think a kangaroo is a real animal. Akron almost beat UCLA. People forget. I know that because I had a UCLA and they might've been my, my champions in the bracket. And I was sweating when they were losing to Akron with like six minutes left. I was like, Oh my God. Um, this is completely off topic, but you know, like we, we see podcasts get clipped all the time. I really wish ours would get clipped. And it was just me saying, I don't believe a kangaroo is a real animal. <laughs> like, What are they talking about on that Ohio state pod? Akron Akron wins the MAC and they go like sixteen and two in conference play and then just some Should idiot clips it and goes I don't think a kangaroo is a real animal. <laughs> just shoot me now. You're gonna get like the deep fried zippy memes all in your mention. Um, oh god! The last thing that I heard while I was at the arena was about the Wake Forest secret scrimmage. That's not even a secret. I was oh, told not even close to a secret. We gotta stop calling it that. <laughs> I was. I was told that part of the reason Ohio State lost the way they did, which was by 13 points, um, anybody that's listening to this probably already knows kind of what happened. The story is that Ohio State had it close at half. Wake Forest went on like a huge run to open the second half, like something like a 15-0 or a 17-0 run that just busted it wide open, and Ohio State couldn't catch up. I was told at the arena that Ohio State was intentionally – kind of like in the Bahamas, they were still running specific lineups, trying to see kind of what worked. So mm-hmm. even though they were down, say hypothetically, by 22 points to Wake Forest in the second half. They like weren't Chris forcing Holtman, the lineup. Right. Chris Chris Holtman was not saying like, oh shit, we're down by 24 points now to Wake Forest. I need to get Kalen Etzler and Bowen. I need to get those guys out of there and get our starters back in to win this game. No, he was yeah. still like, he was still, it was more of like a- A 40 four, minute four, plan. We're worried about the process here, not the outcome of this one. So they weren't like I kind of think really, that, that makes sense. Yeah. If they wanted to come back and win the game, they could have subbed back in like only their starters for the whole second half and tried to make a push to like tie the game. But for a preseason scrimmage, I was told that wasn't the goal. It was it made more sense for them to get everybody some minutes and mix up some lineups and just let the guys play to see kind of how things looked running different lineups versus just throwing your starters out there for 30 of the 40 minutes to try to win a game that doesn't even matter. Yeah, that makes sense. So we said we would try to keep the exhibition talk for like 10 minutes and we went ahead and did 25. So that's real cool. (laughs) 
we'll go ahead and get off of the Buckeyes for the most part for a little bit. And we're going to do kind of quickly. We're not very good with quickly here, but we're going to run through some, some Big Ten preview stuff, um, predictions, player of the year, accolades, shit like that. Because by the time we talk again next week, all of the Big Ten teams will have already played their first game. So games. We, we will be into the season by the time that we record another episode. So we oh. have to put our predictions out there. And we're going to start. I'm so excited. We are going to start with order of finish in the Big Ten. So do you want me to go first? Because I've actually written mine out. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You can go first. I'll just piggyback off yours. <clears throat> You're just going to be like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same. Good. Yeah, same. All right. So I have winning the Big Ten, I have Indiana. Same. Second, I have Illinois. Same. Number three, I have Michigan. Same. Number four, I have Iowa. Not same. I have Ohio State five. I have Michigan State six. Wisconsin seven, Purdue eight, Rutgers nine, Penn State 10, Northwestern 11, Maryland 12, Nebraska 13, and Minnesota I have 14. So my four teams that are going to get the double bye in the Big Ten tournament at the top, I have Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and Iowa. I have Ohio State winning the Big Ten. I'm just kidding. No, I have have Indiana, Illinois, Michigan. That's my top three. I've, I I do have Ohio State finishing fourth. I actually have um, Purdue finishing fifth. Iowa sixth. Michigan State seventh. I have Penn State eight. Rutgers are after them. And then Wisconsin after them. And after that, I really don't care. You can put those four in any Ooh. which way you want. Minnesota, I did just write the Minnesota preview. Very interesting trio of Dawson Garcia, Taylon Cooper, and Jamison Battle. Outside of that, it gets a little shaky, but I am a little bit interested in just that trio of Minnesota. Other than that, though, I mean, sure, Northwestern, Maryland, Nebraska, Minnesota, you can put them in whatever order you want. I don't really care. <clears throat> I do think there's that that is the clear four at the bottom. So you have Purdue at five. That was the one that caught me. You have Purdue at five. Yeah, I, I just think um, – I, I do think Zach Eady probably might be, if he can play 25 minutes a game, will be the Big Ten player of the year. Um, I just, I don't know. It feels like maybe a, a Brandon Newman or somebody can step up and be that point guard. Or did I say that right? Is it Brandon Newman or Eric Hunter? One of the two. One of them transferred. Eric, one of them's there. I Eric, Eric Hunter transferred to Butler. Eric, but Brandon yeah, Newman. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking of Brandon Newman. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm my the the six ten point guard is escaping me, but he's back. He's at three. He has three names. Um, he got hurt last year. He's like six eighty, not six ten, but. Um, you know, you still have a, a, a Caleb first kind of, you know, who I, I don't think really got to stretch his legs too much. Trey Kaufman Wren is the six uh, nine. He's like a four, but he can pretty much play any position. Um, I think he redshirted last season, actually. Yeah, I think he got hurt. And then David Jenkins Jr., um, you know, another guard who can score the ball. I think they just have, they have a lot. You know, Ethan Wharton's still there. They they have a lot of guys who are kind of unproven, but I do think that it can come together. And honestly, they can just take advantage of a big 10. I don't think that's, that is that great. Fletcher lawyer, uh, famous brother of foster lawyer is there too. So I don't know. That's just kind of my, a, a little bit out of left field prediction. That's probably not correct, but I'm a little bit higher on Purdue than I think most people are. Yeah. I have Purdue finishing, which is unheard of. And since Matt Painter took over, I think I have them at eight just because I don't, I really I think don't. Four, I think it's it's so weird. Like the top three is set to me, but any order four through like nine is set to me, but any order ten through fourteen is like set to me, but any order. You know, there's a lot of fluctuation that can happen. I just I don't think I trust. I don't think I trust anything on Purdue's team other than Zach Eady right now, and kind of the formula that's been so good for Purdue is they've always had several really good shooters around a good center basically since Trayvon Williams got there. And yeah. I just, they're probably going to end up starting Ethan Morton at point guard. It sounds like, um, which Ethan Morton is a solid player, but I think last season I don't have his stats pulled up. I think he had a line somewhere along the lines of four points, three rebounds and an assist per game. And we've already seen Mason Gillis. We've seen Brandon Newman. We've seen Caleb for, I just, I don't know. I, I think that Zach Eady is inevitable. He's a very, very good player. I don't know if I trust anything that they have around him. I think that they may need David Jenkins to run some point, 
which is not something that he's done ever. He's always been a shoot first guard. So there's just some unsettled spots at Purdue that I think is going to come and bite them in the butt. Honestly, I was, I was really considering dropping them even further, but I, I don't think I can do that to Matt Painter. Just because I'll say Matt this. Painter. I'll say this. If they're able to get Zach Eady on the floor for, I mean, God forbid, 30 minutes, he might put up some numbers that are ungodly. <laughs> he, he might average 20 and 20 if he plays 30 minutes a game. Yeah, he just he's so damn big. He's like he doesn't big even look like he en- he does not look like he enjoys basketball. When he's, he's like playing. who is it? It's like he's, who's a didn't a basketball player just recently say that they don't like basketball but they're good at it? I forget who said that. But anyway, a couple but yeah. years ago, Anthony Anthony Edwards said that a couple years ago. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's and, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Anthony Edwards said I don't even like basketball like that. I just it's my job. Um, <laughs> he said that. Zachy, yeah, Zachy looks like a kid that like was six eight in sixth grade and his parents were like you're playing basketball whether you like it or not and ever since then he's just had a uh, he's just been spitefully playing like he has a grudge he doesn't really enjoy it but he's he's, a, he's like troy he bolton has, he just has to do it because he's seven foot five um he's singing bet on it in his dorm room did he you have to be a theater major you, you had penn state what eight I think I have them ten. Yeah, I don't. I don't honestly remember. Uh, <laughs> I don't State, have it written down. I I don't know. I was going off your list and sh- moving them in my head. Um, I I truly believe Penn State is is a very good team. I don't. I just have questions about their depth and just grinding every single Big Ten game. Like I could see them being like a Minnesota last year, not as bad in the conference. Minnesota was four and sixteen. But remember, Minnesota started ten and one, and everyone was like, "Whoa, what's going on there?" I could see Penn State be – I don't obviously have their schedule pulled up. I don't know who they play. But I could see them getting out to a really fast start and kind of surprising some people and then coming back down to earth in conference play. I think their backcourt is one of the best in the, in the conference. I mean, Jalen Pickett, Cam Winter, and Seth Lundy, I'd put that up against almost anyone. Um, probably The probably two best are probably Indiana and maybe Illinois if it's if, if Sky Clark's healthy, maybe Michigan State with A.J. Hogarth, Jaden Akins, and Tyson Walker. But – I mean, I, I really like Penn State's backcourt. I don't know about their front court. I still don't think we figured out if Greg Lee is there or not. I don't think he is. Uh, but I know uh, – it's, it's, it it's a simple Google – It's a simple Google search of who's on their roster and we just refuse to look it up. <laughs> I just refuse to do it. Um, and then uh, what's the – the names are tough for me today. Who, was the, who graduated from them? The big guy. <laughs> the looks John like Hera. Yes, John, John Hera. I always want to say Joey Hauser. Just throw me off. White guys with the JH initials throw me off. But, yeah, John Harrow was a very good player who's gone. So I do think they lost a lot, but I love their backcourt. I just I just don't know how the depth will hold up kind of with the grind of the Big Ten play. But they're going to give some good teams a scare. There's no doubt about that. I'm looking for Greg Lee. He's not there. No, rest in peace, Greg Lee. He's not on the team anymore. Okay. Um, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> I think that there's going to be a perfect storm of Penn State, like, Make potentially. I think I'm confident in saying Penn State is going to make the NCAA tournament for the first they're, time. And like, they're guaranteed to beat Ohio State because worse teams have. So worse Penn like, State teams have. <laughs> it's been like well, like 18 years or something since Penn State's made the tournament. I think it's going to happen because we just played the game and I already forget. Like you said, J- yeah, exactly. I don't remember, but because they made a Sweet 16 in like 2001 or something like that. So it hasn't been like a billion years, but I think it's been at least a decade since that they've been in the tournament. There's going to be a good blend of things happening that that i think they'll make it like you said jalen pickett's a guy that could be first team all big 10 seth lundy could be first team all big 10 wouldn't be shocked uh miles dread is like a solid a solid role player they added a couple transfers that were very very good scorers and smaller I mean, conferences State was going after cam winter so yeah so and then the other one's andrew funk i think who was from buck now if one Correct. of those two if one dog. of those if one of those two guys can even give them like 10 points a game and remember both of those guys were basically 20 point scorers in their last spot if one of those two guys can give them double digit points you've got lundy Pickett, dread and then one of those transfers you've got some guys there and then the bottom of the big 10 northwestern maryland minnesota nebraska those teams are all going to be pretty bad so you're looking at a spot where if you have a minnesota team that hypothetically goes say two and 18 nebraska goes three and 17 Maryland goes five and fifteen, and Northwestern goes five and fifteen. Penn State could come in tenth place with like an eight and twelve record in Big Ten play. That gets you in the tournament, most likely. 
Honestly, just looking at rosters, I might have Northwestern last in the Big Ten. I don't know who does it for them. I really don't. I, Bill Bowie's good. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. They're going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, I like, I like Boo Booey. I do like Boo Booey, but I don't like anybody else. Um, but I hope that makes it like there's going to be so many freebie wins at the bottom of the conference that Penn State could like, they could finish with like eight or nine Big Ten wins and come in like ninth or tenth place and then they could make it to the tournament. There's going to be so many bottom of the barrel like wins to scrape up off the bottom that they, if they can do that and then win a few road games, I think they can do it. So I, yeah, I have Penn State ten, but I think that could be enough to get in the tournament. Yeah, I think I have eight teams in the tournament, and my ninth is was I don't think Wisconsin will make it. I just don't see I don't see where the production comes from. Losing Johnny Davis and Brad Davison was like sixty five percent of your offense. I don't think anybody else on that roster can make that jump that Johnny Davis made to make them what they were last year. And there's no Brad. I love Chucky Hepburn. I don't see him averaging 15 a game. I just don't. That's not really who he is. Uh, I don't think Johnny Davis's brother, Jordan Davis, is as good. I think we're doing a Keegan and Chris Murray kind of thing, like where Chris Murray probably can make that Keegan Murray jump. I don't think Jordan Davis can make the Johnny Davis jump. Um, I, I, I don't see Wisconsin. I, Tyler Wall is good. I think they're good enough to be ninth. I just don't think they're good enough to be eighth. I have them at seven because last year I picked them 12th and they won the Big Ten. And yes. I was I was uh, brutally assaulted by Wisconsin fans on the internet because of that once they won the conference. So I said, you know what? I've just decided that Wisconsin's inevitable. They're never going to miss the NCAA tournament again. And I will not doubt them regardless of who's on their roster. So I put them seventh. Maybe Tyler Wall becomes a first team all Big Ten kind of guy. Maybe Steven Crowell is a 10 and 10 kind of guy. I don't know. I don't think so. But they somehow, brought- Wisconsin, somehow Wisconsin always figures this shit out. And last year, I was so sure that they were going to be bad. And they cut down the nets. So I just put them right in the middle of the Big Ten because I don't dare. I don't dare upset the Wisconsin fan base again. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And I do think, you know, Greg Gard is a good coach that figures it out. I just – they just didn't bring anybody in. That's the thing. It's like – it's not even like a team like in Ohio State or, you know, where, where they brought some – like they could go kind of either way. Wisconsin brought nobody in. So you just rely on guys. You kind of already know what you have unless they make that jump. So kind of like Iowa, but Iowa brought back way more. So we'll see. Big Ten player of the year. I have Terrence Shannon Jr. from Illinois. I have Zach Eady from Purdue. Oh. But it's changed. I had Trace Jackson Davis like a couple of days ago. So uh, either or. <laughs> he'll probably change again Ter- on Monday. I think, uh, yeah, you'll probably change to TJD tomorrow. I think <laughs> yeah. that I think Taron Shannon is going to score. Like, I think he's going to end up with some crazy stat line of like eighteen or nineteen points per game, like six or seven rebounds and a couple assists, and that's on top of him being one of the best defensive players in the country. Um, but I can also see Zach Eady if he can stay out of foul trouble. I could also see Zach Eady doing some crazy shit, like eighteen points. 14 rebounds. And well, and it, it goes back to me predicting Purdue as fifth, right? If they're eighth, I agree. I don't think Zach Eady, I mean, Zach Eady didn't do enough. If they do finish fifth, it means Zach Eady probably had a pretty insane season. So that's kind of where my thought process is. Big 10 freshman of the year. Uh, I'm taking Jalen Hood Shafino from Indiana. I am also taking Jalen Hood Shafino. I mean, it's this, the low hanging fruit. He's best freshman coming in. Indiana Sky fans. Clark, in, Sky Clark could be there. I just there might be too yeah. many miles to feed on Indiana, and I don't know or on Illinois, and I don't really know where if Sky Clark's he should start. I don't know. Jalen Hushafino is going to start playing with a ba- experienced backcourt member and Xavier Johnson. I think he'll he'll do quite well. Indiana fans enjoy him while you can because he is going to be there for exactly yeah. one season. Yes, correct. Big Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Just because you don't see a lot of repeat guys with this award. I'm not going to do McConnell. I'm going to pick Tony Perkins from Iowa. It's a good pick. I'm actually going to just uh, pander to the crowd here, and I'm going to take Ice. I, I do think he could be. I think he's going to play one through the four for Ohio State. I think he's going to get some steals. I think he's. I think he's going to be that kind of physical defender that they need. Um, and I think this defense is going to be heavily improved. And a lot of times, when a defense goes from bad to good, the best defender on the team stands out, and it's probably going to be him. So I think that's where I'm going from there. 
Yeah, I could see Ohio. I mean, Ohio State's defense last year, I think Ken Palm defensive metrics, they were number 111 in the country, which was 11th in the Big Ten. I think that if Ohio State can continue to do what Holtman has done with the offense every year, which is keep it in the top basically 25 or 30, but they can, even if they can just jump the defense from 111 to say top 50, 50, 50 number 50 on the dot. I'd say the goal is top be, 50. Yeah, the team, I think Holtman said he wants top 25 in both, but that's not going to happen. I don't think. Um, <laughs> but if you make a jump, if you make a, if you make a jump from 111 to 50, that's a, that's a noticeable jump. So I think if they can yeah. do that, this team and will say probably that, finish. Go ahead. I, I, just, I was, I only say that because, you know, that, that's a little high because I do think they have really good offense. And if they're top 25 in both, they're probably like a elite eight team. And I just don't know that they are. So that's where I'm kind of at with that. Yeah, just after watching the Shamanai game, I'm I'm a little more skeptical that they could ever be a top 25 defensive team. Um, Big Ten Coach of the Year, I'm picking Fran McCaffrey of Iowa um, just because I think I have to if I have Iowa finishing in the top four after losing Bohannon and Keegan Murray. Well, yeah, and I think to go to my pick, I think that's what it comes down to. I think most people agree the tier one of the Big Ten is Indiana, Illinois, Michigan. So whoever gets that fourth spot probably is coach of the year. So I have Chris Holtman. It also could very well be Mike Woodson. If, if it could be Mike Woodson. Very um, well could be Mike Woodson. They like their young yeah. coaches, you know, it could be honest to God, if Penn state does what I think they might do, it could be Micah Shrewsbury, but I, I'll go Chris Holtman. Yeah. I thought about Micah Shrewsbury too. If, if Penn state finishes, say, uh, it's just like as high as I am on them, like as I could, the highest I could see in the finishing is like eighth. And I don't know. You get the Big Ten coach of the year, the yeah. team that finished. Eight. Yeah, I would say if, if Penn State finishes like six in the Big Ten, oh yeah, I think for sure, he, then he gets it. Yeah, um, but but I don't know if they could do that. I don't see that. Um, <laughs> Big Ten tournament title game matchup. So who over who? And I have Illinois over Michigan State. Okay, you're just drinking the Tom Izzo and March juice. I like that. Um, I don't really know how to judge this, just because to me, and I've, I've said this so many times, all these like tournament games are so matchup based. So I'll just go with chalk, Indiana over Illinois. <laughs> okay, which at which was uh, an upset in last year's tournament. So you're you're going for the plot there, Indiana beat sure. Illinois in last. I'm always year's going for the tournament. plot. I'm always going. The for way the that plot. I the way that I thought of it was, um, and I didn't take the time to look at every single season, but I can't remember too many seasons where the regular season Big Ten champ also yeah. won the Big Ten tournament. That's a good. So point. I was like, I'm not going to take Indiana. Um, so let me think of who else could win at Illinois. And then I kind of I'm think actually pulling Michigan. back. I'm going to pull the reins back on this. I'm going to go with Michigan over Illinois and say Michigan. I okay. think this team, that team looks the way Michigan kind of set their team up really screams pretty good in the regular season and really good in March. So, and I think Michigan state will probably be a very mediocre team during the regular season again. Yes. Um, but Tom is either, either yeah, exactly. Either Tom Izzo is going to know that he needs like, two wins in the big 10 tournament to punch the ticket to the dance or regardless, they're just going to, he's just going to fundamentally just step through the tournament and make it all the way to the title game. Like I don't think Michigan state's roster is that impressive, which is why we really haven't wasted any time on them. But um, I mean, Tom is, one of the greatest of all time. So I could see Michigan state finding a way to win two or three tournament uh, big 10 tournament games to get to the final day. Yeah, there's just nothing to say about Michigan State in my opinion. They're not I don't think they're gonna be bad. They have a good roster. They went out and did nothing in the transfer portal. They're gonna rely on a lot of they're gonna rely on the guys to have coming back and some freshmen. And they're gonna be I think very just I think they're gonna be very average. And then they're gonna be middle of the pack. And then I think they'll make the tournament and we'll see what happens. Kinda like just Michigan State's been the past two years. Which I will will not Sparty Nation will not be happy about that, but it's just I think that's what it is. They'll finish sixth in the conference, be a ten seed, probably lose in the second round. Very average. Hey, they've got Xavier Booker coming though. They do, and Xavier Booker's an incredible player. Um, and this, so they're going to be climbing after after this. Season. He ain't there. So yeah, I mean the the, the I mean, recruiting class. They're as high as we are in Ohio State's recruiting class next year. Michigan State's is better. So like Michigan State's going to be very good next year. I do believe. I, I do recall, but um, but I I do declare. But um, I don't think they're gonna be that good this year. Be, I don't think they'll be again. I don't think they'll be bad. I just think they're gonna be average. 
I mean, the number is 20 and 20. The last two seasons of Big Ten, they've been exactly 20 yeah. and 20. 30 um, and 30. When I'm going to keep pounding at home. Keep pounding at home. Who did they do 20 and 20 with? The exact same group that they pretty much have coming back, minus a few players that they have lost. I mean, they had Joey Hauser. They've already had AJ Hogard, Tyson, Tyson Walker, um, Willie Call. Like, they've already had these guys that have gone dead even in the Big Ten, and they're just bringing them back and saying, we're banking on these guys being better. I, I don't yeah, think they're going to they be that have much a, better. They don't have a center. But they'll figure it out. <laughs> so I mean, they'll be. A, I think if you make the tournament, I would say you're a good basketball team. So I think they'll make the tournament. I think they'll be a good basketball team. But I, they're just they're just like a bowl of vanilla ice cream. They're just not very exciting to me. Um, and I like vanilla ice cream, but sometimes you need something more exotic. I need some chocolate sauce on top of it or something. How many NCAA tournament teams in the Big Ten and who? So I'm saying ten which is just the top teams in my standings, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Purdue, Rutgers, and Penn State. That's 10? Yep, that's 10. So then I think I have nine and no Wisconsin. Which would be like the second time that they've missed the tournament since like Y2K? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably wrong, but 10 – it's insane. It just it feels weird because we keep saying like I don't think the Big Ten is gonna be that good this year. And then we're like, but they're gonna get ten teams in the tournament. Like that's kind of that feels nuts. But at the same time, I don't know who we, I, they're just gonna cannibalize each other. I just they're don't just, know who. I is think who. there's so <laughs> many. I, there, I think there are four. We I just said this about Penn State earlier. Why I think Penn State makes it. There are four teams in the bottom of the conference who I think are going to be hot garbage. And if those yeah. four teams at the if those four teams at the bottom do much better, that's on me. But if those four teams at the bottom are actually as bad as you think, like there's going to be a lot of wins to scrape up. And at the end of the season, when you're like, oh, wow, um, Wisconsin went 10 and 10 in the conference play. Well, they're in. Purdue also went 10 and 10. Well, they're in. Rutgers went 9 and 11. Oh, they're in. Well, and it's also because I don't, I don't see a one or a two seed probably in this, in this conference. I agree. So they're all going to kind of beat each other. But they're not like nobody's going to have an amazing record, but nobody's going to have a horrible record, that kind of thing. Um, that's where because I don't see as good as Indiana, Illinois, Michigan probably are. And you know, I'm not saying they can't make a run in the I tournament. Indiana, Indiana 15 and five, they win the Big Ten with that, probably. Yeah, yeah. The, the Big Ten winner is not going to be 19 and one or 18 and two, they're going to lose some games, they'll probably lose five or six. So, and it's going to be a fun big, it, it's going to be kind of like last year where it was like six teams can win this thing on the last week, you know. So, it's going to be kind of, I don't know, we'll see. But that's where I'm at with that. Biggest uh, biggest letdown team. I'm going with – we're talking about it. I'm going with Purdue. Um, compared to how they've played the last several years, I think it takes a pretty noticeable step back this season. What's the definition of letdown? For me, it was – for me, it was compared to what they've done the last couple of years. Well, then I have to say, I have to say Wisconsin. Then the team to go from winning yeah. the Big Ten to missing the tournament <laughs> feels yeah. like the obvious answer. <laughs> sure, and this then, will come back to bite me in the ass, but I have to say Wisconsin. Say biggest surprise team. I, I I said Penn State. I should say Iowa based on the standings, but I think Penn State just based on the jump that they're going to go from year one of Shrewsbury to year two of Shrewsbury. Yeah, I'll, I'll die on the Penn State hill. Anything else on the Big Ten you want to hit before we get out of here? I'm just so excited for some basketball, brother. Any other accolades? Do we have like a – I don't have anything else written down. We have like a most improved player. That's probably Chris Murray, right? Yeah, most improved is – yeah, I mean, Chris Murray kind of smacks you in the face on that one um, just because he's good, He's going to probably be their best player this year and a top five player in the conference. Maybe like Cliff Amore from Rutgers – yeah, but maybe, I think Amore maybe, was maybe, a lot better than people Chucky gave credit for last year. Chucky Hepburn is going to be a, a, a – I think – well, I don't know what people would consider – I don't know what season you'd be using, but going off last season, I'd say Justice Suing. <laughs> he didn't play. So. Oh, my God. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> maybe um... – Zed, uh, Zed Key could. I think Zed Key could put up some really good numbers. So I think like, Zed Key is going to jump from like a – like an eight points per game to like a 10 or 11 points per game. But I think that he's going to average 12 and eight. I think that Chris, Chris Murray is going to jump from like whatever he averaged last year. I could pull it up. It's like seven to 17. It was like seven. He averaged like, I think it was like, I don't think he averaged last year. Seven and five. He averaged, uh, he averaged 10 and four last year. Oh, 10 and four. Yeah, so he could very well average 20 points per game this year. So if you, if you double it, they tend to give that to you. 
I can see Chris Murray going up to like, yeah, like, I don't know if I'd go 20, but I could see him being like a 17 and like 17 points, eight rebounds kind of guy. The only thing that might stop him when I was doing research on Iowa for the team preview is everybody, like literally everybody from his coach to his dad to his brother say he likes to pass the ball more. So he might, that could hurt his points per game. But if he averages 15, eight and six, I mean, it's still good. You know, like, like assists don't matter in that. So, um, Perry McCaffrey was like, I want him to stop passing the ball, but we'll see. Cliff, Cliff Amore is going to be a guy that's going to end up being really good, but he was, um, he was, Paul he was, McKay, I mean, Paul McKay, you might be the dude on that team right now. So Paul McKay, Paul McKay, he's really fun. Um, good he story. was what he was nine, four and five last year. He was really fun. But Cliff Amore, I didn't realize he had 12 and eight last year. Yeah, I mean, Kukumari played a lot better than I think people give him credit for. You, Similar you to the, do. not 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 the same as Jamison Battle, but like if you told people Jamison Battle averaged almost 18 a game last year, I think they'd say, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, you can't do a whole lot better than eight rebounds per game. Like that, no. That's a lot of boards. Well, especially because I'm assuming he didn't play much more than 28 minutes a game at most. Did you say 28 at most? That's a lot. He played, yeah, he played 29 minutes a game, which is yeah. a lot of minutes. Actually, it's more minutes than I would have thought, but still. All right, that's a lot of Big Ten stuff. That was pretty good, though. I think that those are pretty reasonable. Um, we both we, we both uh, shit on separate teams, so we'll probably get clipped by separate fan bases. You'll get attacked by Akron fans. Um, that's fine. I, I think we get every. <laughs> you act like Akron fans can read and write and I think <laughs> incorporate sentences. That'll do it for us today. If you're finding us on the well, that's, that's, so let me to pre- that would get clip. But the preface is the joke is what Akron says about Kent is can't read, can't write, can't state. That's, oh, I went to Ohio State and I heard that. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the Kent joke. So that's why I said that. But context. if you're finding this on the website, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, wherever you find your music and podcasts. Subscribe under the Land Grant Holy Land feed so you'll be notified um, every week when we put out new podcasts. Yeah, and go follow us at Bucketheads LGHL. Connor said it before. I'll say it again. We're trying to be the most followed podcast on the Ohio State Family Networks because, to be honest, that'd be funny. Ohio State is very, very football-based. It'd be funny if the most followed podcast was basketball. And I think that'd give us a nice little edge up. Also, go back and listen to some of our recent episodes with Jake Diebler and Adam Jardy because uh, we're kind of doing the damn thing. And we're getting some fun guests, so go back and check those out. And I'm assuming if you listen to this, you probably listen to that. But if you somehow didn't, go back and check it out. I'm watching NBA Countdown right now, and Malik Andrews is wearing the greenest suit I've ever seen in my life. That's just all the thoughts I have. Oh, and follow me at Justin underscore Goldberg on Twitter. Connor, where are you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lamonds underscore Connor. Uh, Ken Palm, come on the pod. We are we're reaching out. We want Ken Palm to come on the pod. That's our white whale. We also um, want Andy Katz. So maybe there's Andy Katz. And Robbie. We want Andy Katz. No Robbie we're Hall. trying to get – we can't get whale of our secrets. We have, a, we have other people we've reached out to. <laughs> To, to be determined. But anyway, thanks for listening this week. Have a great weekend. Go Bucks.